Hey, good people, welcome. Thank you for joining another BBE Live. I'm Lynn, your trusty admin. This evening, we are talking to a wonderful brother by the name of Jason, who is doing business abroad, and we want him to tell his story. We want him to enlighten you on, you know, some of the, you know, all the all the glories about doing business abroad. Okay, um, Jason is in Korea, and he owns a T-shirt making printing company, and um, he's been doing it for quite some time, and so. Um, I, wanna, I wanted to have him on and share his story, share his brand with you guys, and of course, let you guys know, you know, some tips on if you want to start businesses abroad, what, you know, how to do it, you know? So, that is the reason why this, this, uh, this platform exists. Here he is. <laughs> this platform exists in order for us to share everything about entrepreneurship, okay? So, share this out. Let everybody know we're here. We're live. Jason, his... Y'all clap for Jason. Jason, clap for Jason. Here he comes. Come on, brother. Come on. Make sure you guys share this out because we're going to be dishing out some really good information today. Hey, Jason, welcome. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> no problem at all. No problem. Well, thank you for joining. Thank you. We have. We are live on IG, um, Instagram, for those <laughs> that may not know. Um, wanted to just let people know, Jason, can you just say the name of your company that you are, that you are joining us today? Because so, I, I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> uh, so, hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm Jason. I'm over in South Korea. And the small business that I currently run is Songtong Mugs. Um, it's located outside of Osan Air Force Base. It's over here in South Korea in the Entertainment District. So we're going to be the main Okay, okay. All right, so tell us. Okay, so how did you end up being in Korea starting a business? Like, like what, what motivated you to, one, be in Korea, and two, Starting a business in Korea, <laughs> you know that takes that takes guts, right? <laughs> so cheers well, to you. <laughs> uh, thank you. So, um, so my main my my day job is Air Force. I'm in the United States Air Force over here. Um, I work in construction management as a construction inspector, flight corps, so contracting officer representative. Um, and I've been in Korea since 2013. Um, yeah, before this base, I was another base down south for three years, and then I moved up here. And um, before this business, I was doing a different business. But this one, um, because one example, military people are stay buying stuff like shirts, like stuff with their their, their unit, their squadron logo on it. Um, people just want the simple things that they can get made real quick. And also, I noticed with some of the Korean vendors who were doing similar things, it was charging crazy high prices. <laughs> Mainly mm -hmm. because they knew that mills are going to pay because for the most part, we're not going to go explore the rest of Korea when we can just go outside the gate, get one and go back on base. But me being more young, I'm always trying to figure out how to cut the middleman out. <laughs> <laughs> where I can make some money in, in the transition. So um, 
Originally, I started out because I was I was kind of phasing out my other business, my sock business, and I was mm-hmm. a different business start from the ground up. And um, I got I started getting into sublimination. I learned about that from YouTube and how mm-hmm. it was to do it. Um, you can do it in your home, and and it, it has good margins. So I can be do this. So I, I started doing sublimated stocks first. And the issue with the stocks was that I had to keep buying them from the state and was shipping and lagging time. It was not going to work out. So I shifted to doing mugs. And that was like a hit because um, before COVID, I was going to different flea markets around Korea. And I'll set up a table for the weekend. Like, hey, I can go put the mug with your picture on it, you know, anything you want. And I was doing that. I was taking that money, saving it up, investing it back in the business. And then I got a bigger shop, and I started doing pictures and mugs. That started picking up, and then I started doing um, um, like pictures, like picture frames. Like in my, you can see my ID pictures. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm doing shot glasses, beer glasses, beer mugs. So pretty much, um, similar to what the other cream businesses do, but mm-hmm. my of course, uh, <laughs> for right now. <laughs> and yeah, so I yeah, hope I answered the question. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so you, so this is a, this is kind of an extension of what you've done, or this is a phase of what you started, right? So you yeah. pivoted basically. You pivoted yeah. from making socks to okay, okay, excellent, excellent. So, did you find so when you're when you're opening up a business here, you know, are the you know you have to get an LLC, EIN, and you know get all those those things in place for your the structure of your business. Is that the same concept? Do you have to do the, some of the same things there, or how does that work? So, Korea has similar things, and so mm-hmm. I, I I worked. I spoke to a Korean person to help me research because at first what I was gonna do because I don't have like a normal visa because I'm you know here underneath the, the military. Um, I couldn't register in my own name. So I spoke to a Korean person and asked them, can they help me out? And they did some research and they said, if you're not, if you keep, if you're not going to move for a certain amount, you don't, you would be like, kind of like a soap fire of a deal. Like, how we All right. And, and they said, so I kind of like that because I've seen in the past people do register businesses in other people's names. Like, mm-hmm. people that are just a friend. And things go south, the foreign right. out the business because they, they never had legal grounds on it anyways because they registered on the other thing. And that, and that does only happen here. So with me, I didn't trust that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. rest my tail up. Look, I'm gonna go this other route where I, I pretty much operate as a sole proprietor for right now. Um mm-hmm. build my name up, build the brand up, and then once I get the, the visa that I want and I can register business with my name, then mm-hmm. I'll go that route. Um, the, the, now there are some limit effects with doing it this way. I'm doing um, the main mm-hmm. effect is that you can't open up a business, a business uh, account in a Korean bank. Same thing like in the state, you got an LLC, right? You can do right. You can, so, pretty much, you can separate everything from yourself, so right? So, similar. So, I can't open up a business account, so I have to use my personal screen, um, checking account. I can't mm-hmm. like internet <laughs> on mm-hmm. my shop because it's not a real business. So I got like a little Wi-Fi plug. <laughs> okay, you. okay. Being creative. Being creative. Yeah, yeah. So um so mm-hmm. with my with my suppliers, they 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 won't open up business accounts for me, mm-hmm. but I still do business with them. Right. 
Okay, so okay. Still, still, I still do business. It's just that I don't have all the the that a, a licensed business would get because I'm operating pretty much as a proprietor. Which, which for me, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like I said, I'm building up my name, I'm building up my processes and my practice. Um, I spoke to a, a, a lady who works at a bank about, mm-hmm. well, you can't get financing yet because you don't have no business credit yet because of that. So there's pros and cons to it. And so, I, and because I have a day job, I can wait that long time. You know, it's different right. than anyone or depending on their business, they can't mm-hmm. do that. Right, exactly, exactly. So, so, do you plan on, I mean, like, well, I mean, we don't know what the future holds, but do you plan on staying there? Is that something, well, let's say for, you know, next year down the line, you are now, your business is employing, you know, 25 plus people and, you know, you have, you know, a manufacturing plant and, you know, like your business has grown. Do you plan on, do you think you would stay there or would you, how would you do that? Or would you come back and forth or how would you, how would you structure that? So the plan is a same career um i think a lot of people the thing a lot of people don't realize um just so just the area that i'm currently in between osan air base and the army base camp humphrey between those two bases within the same area essentially that's the second that's gonna uh, even the future it's gonna that's gonna be the second largest pop, pop, um, population of americans outside of the u.s after the KMT area in Germany. Um, Korea is a very strategic location for American interests. So with that, there's a lot of Ameri- a lot of money being spent in this area. Um, on top of that, Samsung built, Daniel invested in building a brand new city right next to the base. So because they built a new semiconductor factory, which is bringing a lot more foreign to the area as well. Um, Pyeongtaek is a huge foreign hub, and a lot of times one of my customers are foreigners. And so, I, I, there's money here. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, exactly, exactly. And a, of, and a lot of the foreigners like doing business with another foreigner, especially for these items, because in the past they will go to a Korean vendor and they will charge them ridiculous amounts. Which actually, you know, is that is what it is, right? But they come to me at reasonable prices, and yeah, it's cool. And so, and actually, this part, or this, this is just business. Korea has opportunity. Um, there's no reason to leave when you see the opportunity. And as mm-hmm. black people, we wish we knew that opportunity was there so we could jump on it. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna leave if I know there's opportunity to make money here. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Tell me your, like, for your business, do you, do, do you project, what is your 10-year plan? Do you have a 10-year plan? I mean, I'm sure you do, but what is your 10-year plan for your business? <laughs> so for this business, the plan is to create, like, a, like a, so create a franchise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, okay. because typically in Asian countries, in particular Korea, People like already made systems. Like everything right. are planned out, everything's already thought out. So the plan is to, to make some hub, kind of like a Mary-Kate type of system where, where the hub, you, you create these little, these little salesman packages. Mm-hmm. They, they go out, they, go, they get orders, and we make, them up, we make the products for them. They mm-hmm. put their prices on top of it like that. Um, there's a huge, like once again, there's a huge foreign population, in particular the Filipino community here, 
and a lot of them are always looking for uh, affordable business that they can do, but they, but they won't impact their, a lot of them do like government assistance, but it won't impact their government assistance money, right? So right. they want like a little small little, hey, I come to your house, we have like a little party, y'all place your orders, I collect them, I go holler at Jason, right. he makes my stuff, I give him his stuff, it's back. So the plan is to create some to mugs to be pretty much like a little franchise type of model. Okay, okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, what is the so how do the how does how do the people there treat you? How do the locals treat you? You know, is it different? Like do you have any experiences to that you can talk about? I mean, how do they how do they treat you as a black man in Korea? So and a black business owner in Korea Korea. <laughs> so well, I've been here since 2013. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, everything you see about K drama, dump that. That's not, not real. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm here to kill all the K drama fans' <laughs> hopes and dreams. <laughs> that is not reality. I'm gonna say this like this now. Um, I had a few experiences. Mm -hmm. One experience when I was stationed down in um, Gunsan mm -hmm. is like uh, mm -hmm. like two and a half hours south of Osan Air Base. I was um, in the city walking. I was actually coming from jujitsu practice, and this, this old, this older Korean gentleman um, stopped me. And he stopped me on the sidewalk. He said, "What black are you?" <laughs> I, knew, I knew where it was leading to, right? Um, and I said, "I'm from, uh, I'm from America, Black America." He said, "Okay, that's the, that's the good one." So, oh wow! So they, they so I learned. That they rank us. Um, being Black American is seen as the highest <laughs> caliber of the African okay. diaspora here, um, okay. mainly due to mainly due to the country we come from, the resources in our in, in America's influence in the world. So the, the the come from America and being overseas gives you privilege. I know a lot of Black people don't think that. The moment you leave America, mm -hmm. you leave America with that passport, you are seen as, as privileged. And, and, and you know that that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing to think about. But I've been overseas since 2008, and I can say yes. Like you, mm -hmm. you have an American passport. You have mm -hmm. access to resources and privileges that other people are trying to get. Right. Right. Um, right. And, and so, so that's why they, they, I guess they rank us like that. Um, honestly, Koreans don't. Koreans respect people. Who are trying to build stuff? They so when they see me as a black man trying to build a business, they like, oh, okay, you're not out here trying to, you're not being a, you're not being an F boy, <laughs> you, you, right? You, okay, you, okay. You being serious? Oh, you're not being like the stereotypical thing that we thought black people, black men are, mm -hmm. and that's the and that's the thing about black men to realize when you are, so they, yes, the, the ugly truth is. We have stereotypes that, that media put out there for us, and when you and when you and when you do those stereotypes, mm -hmm. you just reinforce them in the head. See, I guess the media was right. So right. when you doing things like I'm doing that that they don't see in the media, they don't see those stereotypes. Like, wait, wait a minute, this black man is starting a business instead of going hang out in the bars. Wait, he got he, he actually married. He got he well about to be divorced. Well, he, he he out here with his kids, teaching his kids stuff. I thought black men don't 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 take care of their kids. So by me 
me doing the stuff that's not the stereotype, they actually mm-hmm. have more respect. And I and also I'm helping teaching them that we don't that stuff on TV ain't 100 percent true. Right. What you're seeing is the minority being amplified. <laughs> right. And that's not the minority right. of us. So as a black person, especially a black man, we have to be cognitive of that. Um, exactly. That hey, if we want to feed it to their stereotype, then do, then you're gonna feed it to it, and then don't get upset when you get the results. But if you go against those stereotypes, you do the thing that they don't see, mm-hmm. then oh, they gonna they gonna look at you different. They gonna they gonna treat different. Yeah, they gotta they right. gotta test you though. Don't get me wrong, they gotta try you. You know, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, <we laughs> That's a given. You gotta just gotta let them know. Hey. No, uh, you know, from 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 the states. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will I will agree with you on that. The point that you made about it, the fact that you have when you take an, an American passport and you go outside of the country, they they do see you differently. You know, I lived outside of the country for a little while as well, and you you it's there is just a different there's just a different way that they look at you, and they I mean they because understand that what's a lot of people don't understand a lot of the people in those countries. They don't have passports that they can leave and go anywhere. You, you know, I'd say American passports can go pretty much anywhere. <laughs> in a lot of these countries, they don't have passports that they can go anywhere, or they, or they can't get visas to come here. You know, right. so we can come to their country, but they can't come here. So there's a there's a one sided relationship there, and so there is a way that they're looking at us where you're coming from somewhere where I would love to go, I would love to be, and you're here, you're in this country, so. So yeah, you do have some sort of privilege that I don't. Okay, so so yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that in in my own travels, in my own travels. So so I I, I, I I'm reinforcing basically what you said. Right. Um, but <laughs> so that being said, I wanted to say I wanted to ask you if you um with your with your company right now, where well, let me ask you this: Do, do you have employees? I'm, I believe you do. Right? Do you have employees that help? Are you the, you're not the only one sober proprietor. I mean, I, I know you said sober proprietor, but you're not the only one doing all the work, right? No. <laughs> okay, okay, good. <laughs> Growing uh-huh. business. <laughs> okay, okay. And just so people can know, those that are joining, just to let them know, what is it that your company do again and the services that you offer and the products that you offer? Just repeat your company name and so on and so forth. Just. All right. So my, my company is Song Tong Mugs, and we make <laughs> Custom, custom mugs, T-shirts, memorabilia, um, for personal business, bulk, college, I, I, we can figure something out. Mm-hmm. And um, like to, I'm located in South Korea, outside of Osan Air Force Base, and mm-hmm. entertainment district. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. Do you mind putting your website here, so it or or even or your IG, either one, so I can tag, so I can pin it, so people can see it. Just type it in the comment section. That way people can follow you. Please make sure that you go and follow Jason. Very, very smart, very intelligent brother. There he is. All right, hold on. It went somewhere. There it is right there. Let's pin it. You guys go follow this brother. Make sure you guys go to his website. So are you shipping things to the United States or are you just serving Korea right now? Let's Officially, no. Yes, I do do international sales. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> we will talk okay. more about why I said that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <But> I- <laughs> understood. 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 But uh, you know, make sure that you, if you, you, there's, they, even if they're not in the United States, because our followers are from all over the world, so oh, no, we should. 
Oh, oh, you should follow. Okay, okay, great, great. Okay, so make sure you guys visit the website. Make sure you guys follow this brother. Make sure you guys, you know, you know, just understand his story. I mean, this is a this is a young black man who is doing the work outside of the U.S. I know we talk about you know, hey, starting black businesses here. This brother said, "Bump that! I'm going to Korea and do this." Okay, so that is bold. <laughs> that is a, that is a a challenge in itself. And you see, the brother's telling you that he found a workaround and he's making it work. So here is to perseverance, here is to creativity, and here's to a black man saying, you know what, I got this. I got this and I'm gonna do it in Korea. Right, Jason? <laughs> no, it's, it's important. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Would you expand? Would you expand to other countries, other, other, other places like China, for instance? <laughs> China, no. Japan is on my list. Okay. Um, maybe Thailand, and and the reason why is um, so the way I look at things is is like in a strategic strategic manner. Um, mm -hmm. South Korea is probably one of the best geographic locations in the Indo Pacific, mm -hmm. uh, with it being kind of like in the middle of everything, mm -hmm. and. Um, it's, it's first of all, Korea in itself is so easy to get around with public transportation. Like the er, the furthest point everywhere is like four or four and a half hours. Um, okay. Great, they have great Wi-Fi. Um, so, um, I, I, my idea is to make South Korea my hub for operations mm -hmm. in the Pacific, and then expand out to the other Asian areas. Mainly, first figure out where there is more the biggest. Where the American population and mm -hmm. military installations first, because as you know, you're guaranteed to make money. Essentially, you're not guaranteed, but you have a higher chance of making money in those areas because yeah. they want to spend money with other Americans if possible. So, um, yeah, I do plan to expand and focusing on the Pacific mainly because America's focus is in the Pacific region. So I like to not tell people. I say, look, look at where America focus is and figure out how, how to get in on the money streams. Because wherever right. our focus is at, that's where money's gonna go. That's where favorable agreements gonna happen at that we could probably benefit from. Mm -hmm. and, with, and with them improving trade deals between our country and their country, those are valuable opportunities for black people too. Hey, look, let me go set up over here in, in Korea. Let me go put up a sock factory. And you over here in the States, you order the sock for me at a, cause a we can get it made lower price. Now you're paying me, and then with that money, I can use that to invest in um, black hiring black people here, or mm -hmm. also invest in other black businesses. And I say that it's because that's what everyone else does. Right. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So now we're you started seeing more black people. I guess other than the military community, start travel more and the teaching community travel more. Um, we need to start having our own actual little black, black Wall Streets overseas as well. Because mm -hmm. what we we can now we can now commit trade with black people in different countries. Hey, you in America, you got you got this over here, but in this country I sell this product that you can buy from me at a lower price and you can make a profit off of America. That's how I see it and that's how a lot of people are looking at it. If we don't focus on getting on the international level like that, we will right. be that on wealth gap between us. America, you gotta look at it. everyone else sees America, 
as a money money grab. Right. <laughs> Right, right, right. We need to start seeing it like, hey, look, I got this passport. If I go to another country or I get money from America, go to another country, case point, that's what the Chinese do and done in the past. They mm -hmm. lose their country because they was giving money to go to other countries, build up infrastructure, so now they can control the trade on both continents versus just sending the money over there and there's no choice for us over there to take it and control it. That's how we need to be, you know. That's what makes that's what makes China a threat for a lot of countries is because we do that. Right. You know, so that's why I do want to explain, but that's 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 overall my big vision is to try to establish a nice little black country here, and then mm -hmm. look for um, opportunities in the states for the black people. Hey, look, I can sell you this product at this price, you know. That way right. we're, we're, we're keeping the dollars amongst each other locally and nationally. Exactly, sense. exactly. That's a great, that is a great plan and a great strategy. And you know, we all need liaisons outside of the, the outside of the United States. Because the other thing that happens is if, if we're importing stuff, we're, if we're buying stuff out from outside of the U.S. and we're bringing it in to sell in the U.S., we're paying a premium. We're yeah. already paying a premium premium because not only is the quantities low but there are they're seeing us as a, as you know as a money as a, as a money cash you know like as a money grab so we're paying a premium on whatever we're ordering from wherever and we're bringing it in and then on top of that we have to of course you know mark it up to be able to make a profit off of it so right. that's where we're you know that's where a lot of black businesses you know kind of take a hit because the black consumer is looking and saying okay well you know i can go get this from you know your competitor for less and and but be, because you, you, i mean you're charging me more for this i can go get it for a dollar less or a dollar or two dollars cheaper um but they're not knowing that you know the the black business owner is already paying a premium the moment they purchase the item yeah. and that's why it's a lot more expensive you know so I, go ahead uh, i can tell you the story how i know it's stacked it's stacked not just against us just in general uh, a few mm -hmm. years back, I, um, I used to spend a lot of time in Seoul. It's like an hour mm -hmm. north of base. I used to spend a lot of time in school talking to other Korean entrepreneurs. And mm -hmm. they, one told me this. She was selling beauty products. She was selling beauty products here. So she was selling Korean beauty products to Americans on Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. um, and she so kindly shared with me that the Korean government gives money to Korean business owners to go set up logistics centers in America controlled by Koreans. So she's able to ship her product from Korea, taking advantage of the free trade agreement between Korea and America. So she doesn't pay the import taxes because of that trade agreement. She's shipping her products from Korea to the Korean owned and operated logistics centers in the States and sent mm -hmm. so She's probably paying a lower logistics fee compared to using Amazon FBA because right. the Korean government was subsidizing the centers. So then she's going to sell her product in America on a on a logistics system subsidized and funded by the Korean government. Um, mm -hmm. That's the same thing that happened with the hair industry in the past when they, when the Koreans in America um, um, lobbied Korean politicians here in Korea to not mm -hmm. allow non-Koreans to purchase hair products from Korea. They wanted a lot of the thing. So 
So when you say we pay a premium, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't see all. We don't see that other countries have advantages over us, and that's why I say it's important that we have black people in other countries feet on the ground, establishing these, like you said, these little clubs and these centers, um, making yeah. connections, so we can at least alleviate a lot of that that we have to pay. Um, we need to be taking advantage of these free trade agreements that we have, because I get, I, like I just told you an example, they are definitely taking advantage of it. <laughs> you know? So, um, that, that's that's why I'm staying overseas, and that's why I'm staying in Korea. Not because I because I see the bigger picture, and, yeah. and honestly, I think the only way for us to close that wealth gap is for us to start focusing internationally and building these these um, trade lines. Because yes, if you, if you look at take the point once again, you look at Korea after the Korean War. Korea was like was broke. It was poor. Mm-hmm. When they and science, technology, and international trade, they're not one of the wealthiest countries in the world. So, if they was able to do that, the black community looked look at the same way. We need to start looking internationally, find products and something that we can create and dominate, and then we can um, close the wealth gap. I agree, one hundred percent. Is is your Bluetooth on by any chance? No. No. Okay. Oh. The sound is just a little muffled. Just okay. a little. All right, I turned it off. Okay. Okay, great, great. So let's talk about cost of living there. Mm-hmm. Is it is it is it is it comparable? Is it more affordable? What is what does that look like? The cost of living in Korea. <laughs> if you try if you try to live the lavish life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so and so it's uh I can say, how do um, I, I uh, every now and then I like to, I'm from New Orleans, from New Orleans, Louisiana. But every now and then I like to compare, and, and just from is it a quick comparison? I will say it's about the same cost for me. If I was living, okay. living in New Orleans and here, so that okay. um, your most expensive thing could be housing based off of your preference. Um, reason being, like for example, um, because I'm in the military, we don't have to do this. But the typical way in Korea is you put down a large deposit and mm-hmm. you pay it forward. Case in point, you want an apartment, you might have put, you have to put a deposit of ten thousand dollars down. This is the rent. This ain't buying. So, <laughs> so you wow. if you want a nice apartment, if you want a nice apartment, nice apartment, you have you sometimes to put down like ten thousand dollars. For the deposit, and then that might get you in the monthly rent range of four to six thousand a month for a two or three bedroom apartment. So, do you get this ten thousand dollars back? I mean, yeah, is it? So, I mean, is it really a deposit? <laughs> you know. So, um, so I guess it's from what I was told in our research. Apparently, <laughs> this is how it's done. So, essentially, that deposit you give the landlord, the landlord can use that deposit to go invest in something else. So some okay yeah so um some people I, don't, I hear they don't do it as much so some people they put down a hundred thousand dollars deposit mm-hmm. and they don't have to pay rent <laughs> yeah so you gave the landlord a hundred thousand dollars so you don't have to pay no rent but the landlord can now take that hundred thousand dollars and go invest in business and this and that and then it comes time to you know you to leave 
the landlord will give them money. So some they offer insurance. There's insurance out there you can pay just in case your landlord can't pay your deposit back um, and stuff like that. Now, so it just depends. On where, now they got some places where you can put like a thousand dollars down, and, but it's not even like that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, the the other thing is that I wanted to ask you. So, if you had to give like a pro and a con, right? What is a pro of being a, a bit being a business owner there, and a con of being a business owner? So, if you had one one of each to give to, or or even if it's or just being a foreign business owner or doing business abroad, it doesn't necessarily have to be specifically the career. So, what's a pro and what's a con for owning a business abroad? The con is that there is not much there's not much resources mm-hmm. really available for foreigners. And when there is resources mm-hmm. available mm-hmm. for foreigners, it is high, it is controlled a lot by the Koreans. All right. Okay. Um versus versus them going to America. And getting resources, and there's no there's no stipulation of you need to have American. They don't have those type of stipulations. But here, that that is that is the biggest con that I see. Is, and if you do take resources like that from them, then you have to give them a lot of times it comes with strings attached. So that's why I prefer just to be like, I'll get out the mud. Okay. So I have a I have a good example. Um. Once again, back in my, my in the COVID days, when I used to hang out at the startup, the startup community in Seoul, it was a big community. Um, a lot of the funding, a lot like a lot of times, they was giving young Koreans hundred thousand dollars. It may fail, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then it was like, well, you need to have a foreigner on your team or whatever stuff like that. But it was, mm-hmm. you know, at first they was getting, you know, non-Korean foreigners. But then they realized, wait, if we get us a Korean. In American, technically, that's still foreigner. <laughs> right, right. So even so, even with these resources, so it becomes very difficult unless your friends in in the loop and whatnot with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they will see you at competition. All right. Um, I used to tell people, do not go to startup. You know, a lot of these these startup competitions. And a Korean friend of mine told me, he said, "Hey, be careful." He said, "They create those competitions, they copy your idea." And mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. So, so it is very apparent you do not have home field advantage here. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, yeah, it's very sense. apparent here that if they're giving you resources, don't think they're gonna give you resources that's gonna enable you to outdo them. That is foolish. That's foolish. All right. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the biggest con. Now the pro mm-hmm. is that kind of what I just said kind of can play in your favor is that if they see you. They know you're a foreigner here. A lot of times they know that, oh, he might, they may not have the resources, so they start underestimating you. They start not seeing you as a threat, which is can be a pro, whereas, you know, they're not worried too much about you, but they don't see you as no threat, right? So, and, and, and if you study strategy, that's what you want anyways. You don't want right. to be seen as a threat, because when you're seen as a threat, then they're going to clear you out. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You on their turf, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but the biggest, but the biggest pro I will say is that it's there's a lot of opportunity here in Korea. Like I said, there's a lot just just between the American, the military, um, 
community, the and the, the civilian community here that's foreigners and whatnot. There's a lot, mm -hmm. and um, with America investing more into their interest in the Indo-Pacific, there's a lot of potential here, just on and off base. So that is the biggest pro, and because of that, because of that pro, is worth getting out the mud. <laughs> absolutely absolutely okay okay beautiful now the other question that i have for you is when it comes to your business so like what are your hours like do you are you when you're not there who's there, who's running it or like if you have somebody running it of course like you said you have employees but what are your hours of operation you know and the other thing is can you name one other black owned business that you know in you know within 10 mile radius of you do you have other black-owned businesses that you know of? <laughs> there is quite a few. Um, so okay. during a week, um, once I once I started taking full um, parental control, I guess you could say, of my daughter, I kind of mm -hmm. tapered my hours. Um, so during a week, the store isn't open, but you can send me a message on Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook, or we use Cacao Messenger over here. Mm -hmm. um, Saturday, like a few hours, we're gonna go open up the shop and you know mm -hmm. sit there and wait a little bit. Tomorrow I'm not opening because um, I have to do a train event on base for a week, so we'll be open tomorrow. Um, but but yeah, but other than that, a lot of, a lot of times people reach me through online anyway, which is prefer which I prefer anyways. Um, right. So I can I can I can talk to you while I'm at work <laughs> and whatnot. Right. Now talk about black. What you want? You want you want um, black American? You want? Ghanaians, you want you want the whole African diaspora? <laughs> black, black Americans. Let's let's talk about African Americans that are there so, within a ten mile within a ten mile radius. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll start with the tech company first. So there's a there's a food delivery app here called Shuttle. You can you can mm -hmm. look, it's on Google and Apple. It's called Shuttle Shuttle Delivery. It's a yellow icon. Um, they let me see if I can tag them real quick too, so you can. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to tag everyone I talk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag you. <laughs> Let's go. And it's just, yeah, and it just reinforces why I don't want to leave <laughs> Korea. <laughs> you know. So I just, I just tagged the first one I'm gonna talk about. So shuttle. So shuttle is a food delivery app that is largely um, foreigner friendly because it's in English. You can use your Korean checking account. You can use your PayPal. You can use your American um, checking card. I can order food. <laughs> On this app, easy. Um, oh, and, wow. and, and food delivery apps are very are very popular here in Korea, mm -hmm. um, especially due to when COVID happened. It came more popular, and as and as America, especially the military, we we couldn't do certain things because COVID restrictions on us is a lot more stringent. So mm -hmm. shuttle became our our, our main guy. Right, <laughs> you right, everything, right. And um, one of the owners is a black the black man. His name Jason. And he's from mm -hmm. New Orleans as well. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, so, and they and shuttle shuttle actually started out as two separate um foreign owned food delivery apps out mm -hmm. of the EK here in Seoul. And instead of them fighting with each other, they came mm -hmm. together because like I said earlier, they was like, Look, because I, I interviewed him years back. He said it made it made no it made no sense for us two foreign delivery coming to fight when we got these Korean companies trying to come for our next. Mm -hmm. So instead, they combined their resources and they became a lot stronger because of right. it, right? Um, right. Like I said earlier, if, if you have a business that is in, that can compete against a Korean business, they mm -hmm. will come to you. 
They're not playing with they ain't playing with no foreigners <laughs> like that. Oh, whoa, 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 babe, you coming into my money now. All right. right. So right. and then there's another food delivery app that's um owned by uh Af- another another brother is called Fat, Fat Albert. Oh I'm, I'm, uh, there's a lot. Uh, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's surprising that people don't know, but yeah, I, I can't find there. So Fat Albert is another food delivery app that's um mm-hmm. black owned as well. Um, okay. Then we have. It was a wing. It was a wing shop here, but he he was, uh, he was probably Air Force guy. But he had to leave because his wife was military, so she got she had a PCS, so mm-hmm. he had to close that down and left. And then if you go over to by the Humphreys area, which is like thirty minutes away from where I'm at, they got a, this one sister called um, Jessica Fry. She owns uh, a diner, JJ Diner. She owns a lounge. Class, they sell food and drinks. JJ Lounge. She even own a hair shop. Um, Honey Hair. She started her own. She's like Madam T.J. Walker over there. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So there's definitely there's definitely enough black-owned businesses for you to support and network with. <laughs> oh, well, definitely. <laughs> and it's cheap and it's sold. I keep trying to tell people every, every every time someone hit me up, oh man, oh, 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 you gonna be so broke, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, I, like, like, I go visit so I get on the train, catch a bus, or I drive up there in my car, mm-hmm. look them a little time in Seoul, and I come out behind back down here where my money go further in this area. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I tell Black, I say, because I say Seoul for the Koreans, they ain't about to get that up. They not gonna make it easy for you, you know. Mm-hmm. So down here where I'm at is a little more affordable. There's a lot more mm-hmm. foreigners. Like this is like an international area. You got you got Black Americans, you got Africans, you got Filipinos, Thai, Russians, mm-hmm. Turkish, all kind of people in this area. You know, nice. and you can it's have a melting pot. Oh yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. it's a nice community. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And so, okay, so you're 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 definitely considering if you you know as your business will grow, you will consider staying longer you're definitely going to expand okay and, and and of course the you 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 want to your 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 goal is to grow as, as a business owner of course you, you want to scale it and you want to grow right yeah and of course hire more people hire more black people right yeah. and as well as circulate those dollars somehow into the u.s with you know importing your items here or allow you know helping other business owners get items here that they can also purchase and sell or resell, right? Yes. See the see the plan. You guys hear the plan. You, do you guys hear how this brother, with his, you know, his efforts will in turn that just what we just talked about can help in turn help another hundred to a thousand black people. Did you did you did you just hear that? Like there is literally that easy to to have that effect on our community, our economy. Just one action of starting a business outside of the U.S. Do you guys think and with, how, how, great, how great that is? <laughs> and then with that, so there's there's like these um, economic free zones, is what they call them. Um, mm-hmm. So there's one actually nearby in the Pyeongchang area. So if you invest, I think you got to invest like $100,000 into that area. If you mm-hmm. invest $100,000 into that area, a lot of people there open up like warehouses. You can then import products that are tax exempt up to, I think, almost 100% or a percentage. 
from different mm -hmm. countries. So right there, and that's what I want to do, right? Where, okay, cool. I also want to open a sock factor as well and sell but ex and export socks. But eventually, I want to set up something that, that economic zone where I can take advantage of those, that tax exemption for a while. And then the goal would be to go reach out to black people in the States. Hey, what products y'all sell that I can import here? And then I can sell it within Korea on, on the, the different delivery apps they have. Right. So, right. It goes back to what I'm saying. We have to, we have to first, like, so-and-so mugs right now, it's just my, it's like my, 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 my little mini base right now. Like, I just, I just gotta, I have a presence. That's, that's how I'm looking at it. Right now, I just, I just have my presence. You know I'm here. <laughs> and the Koreans around me, they notice. They like, you keep you keep expanding and you keep taking up shops. They, they tell them all the time, you, you, trying to, you trying to take up all the buildings? I say, if I can, you know? <laughs> so, so, so they see me and right, and that's what, and, and like right now, I'm not making much money, which is not, right now that's not the goal. The goal is to establish a presence because you're mm -hmm. trying to help you um, empower young Koreans as well. Right. All new I got it. However, I'm trying to establish my own little my own little command center here. So down the road, I have a place to operate from that's going to help yes. the black people. And that's and that's the biggest thing is to try to get the money to invest in that import warehouse where I can then reach out to black people in the face. Hey, you make do you make hair products? All right, let's import that in. You make you do two two face. Hey, let's import that in. And then I can go and start selling over here. Which then what creates another market for black businesses and black businesses in the states? This, yes. is, this is the point. This is what China does. Mm -hmm. This is what mm -hmm. why other countries do. I hate, I hate, I hate, I'm about to drop keyword. This is what Trump was talking about. <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't an elegant speaker. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this is how this is how you got to think about it. Um, case in point with Acon, when Acon wanted to um, figure out how to get electricity into Africa, right? Nobody mm -hmm. offered them that brother no money or nothing, right? Mm -hmm. China, he said, China at the time had a surplus of solar energy materials sitting in warehouses that was originally intended to go into the American market. But whatever happened with like the laws and whatever, it, it, China was like, oh, we ain't making America. They tripped. So they just let it sit mm there. -hmm. But Akon heard about that, and he went to China, and China said, hey, look, we're going to give you a lot of credit, right? Yeah, but a lot of credit to spend money with who? Chinese companies. Mm. Plus the material that was, that was made, right? So when we look at business, especially when we look at business of other countries, you have to see what their, their government is focusing on, what their government is subsidizing. Because if you're entering a market that's subsidized by a government, you're going to have a hard time <laughs> winning in that. Because your competitor has an advantage over you in government. Right. So us, as Black people, and as one, as one of the projects I want to work on, like that book is to do research on which industry will probably be possible for us to get into <laughs> with the least barrier of entry, right? Because these countries are national, nationalistic as hell. Like, I, I, you know, they're very nationalistic. Like, like a lot of stuff that he was saying, he was not wrong. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't know that they don't leave the country. I've been outside the country since 2008. 
A lot of things he was talking not wrong. <laughs> like these countries are probably subsidizing their company to come into American markets and to compete with black people who don't have subsidized right. <laughs> advantages. Right. right. So we have to figure we have we have to figure things out. If we really want to call the wealth gap, we have to start looking at things on a macro and micro macro level. We have to start looking at what emerging markets that we can get into. What can mm-hmm. we dominate? Well, similar to what the Jews did when they when they came out of that the whole Holocaust, they figure out what they can dominate and they double down on it. And now you go to them for that for certain things. We mm-hmm. have to look at that, you know. Um, yeah. I think I think we, we, we also have to be um nationalists as well. Yes. You know, there has to be there, there has to be a shift in, in in that in that thinking as well. And just the way that we see each other, okay? You know, um, you know, that's that's one of the things that's that's one of the reasons why there's always a push around every time the you know the buy black movement or a power black power movement insurges, it it, it goes back to saying, Okay guys, choose you first. <laughs> choose you first okay think about you first because that's how you build a cohesive working community that networks that supports each other that builds with each other and that builds something more more stronger than just ideology stronger than just you know just just thoughts stronger than just oh you know what i'm i'm part of this organization something that's a little bit more substantial you know when you when you have that ideology then it's easy for you to group together all your resources or majority of your resources to build something that is more sustainable for the future. And I think that's where that's where a lot of it for us, and even on, and, and it's not just and it's not just African Americans. I think just Africans period all over the diaspora just need to get a grip on that. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think they all just need to get a grip on that, you know? So that's where, you know, it's that's a problem for for a lot of us. We've we've mm-hmm. bought into indivi- indivi- individualism and totally left the idea of okay this is this is my tribe this is my troop i am part of these good this group right here <laughs> you know and so i'm gonna have to beg the difference since i've been here the africans like the Cameroonians, the Ghanaians, the Nigerians, they click tight <laughs> do they oh they, okay they, just there. <laughs> they like hey they didn't show me like you African Americans, you black people from America. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, you, you black people. Oh, no. they, they, they let you oh, know. No. They let you know. Oh no, no, no. You from America, black. I'm from Cameroonian. Oh, I'm Ghanaian. I'm this and that. They they hold tight. But the difference is though, they let you know who their main loyalty lies with. They still willing to do business with you, but they let you know, and that's where we have to be. Where hey, look, I'm pro Black American first, and if this deal does not benefit me or my people as a whole, I can't rock with you. You know, right? Right? right. We and I said I'm gonna say us Black Americans, we've been brainwashed into thinking oh, we like I don't know, being nationalistic and us first is wrong, but at the same time, look who your competitors are. They're doing exactly what they're telling you is wrong. Right. <laughs> because in the art of war, you, you divide and what you conquer. I can't, I can't beat you if you all are united. I can't right. beat you like that. But I can damn sure work them cracks if you all are separated and this and that. We can be together and be different. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can be together and still be different. Absolutely. You know, 
nothing wrong with that. And they respect you more too. They realize, oh, okay. It's like this. I tell people all the time. The way we are competitive in sports, the way we are competitive in, in rap battles, we need to take that same type of energy into business. And the, yeah. funny, and the funny thing is, they know we are competitive. That's why they teach us not to do that. Because if we did that, if we took the same energy in business, they'd be worried. We'd be a force to reckon with. <laughs> if, if we protect yeah. our if we protect our economic base like we protect the, our basketball court in our hood, just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Don't come on my court, dunking on me on my court, but you come on, you come on, you come take our money to us too. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. And, and so that's that's very important for us to as as a community to to really in 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 our defense we have very much you know you know there's a lot of instances and there's a lot of you know times that we've we've been able to gather together around okay. some sort of you know some sort of idea right yeah. um but i think the, the, i think the I, I think one of my things is my concerns is just that it just it's not sustainable it doesn't it does seem to last very long you know we'll be you know we'll be all united for today or in tomorrow and then by monday we forgot what we were reuniting about you know so i think that's because we're getting distracted again you know something else comes in thrown at us you know so so and and, and here's my here's my um my theory on that mm -hmm. so from being so for being overseas i've been to seven different countries um on asia mm -hmm. and europe and a lot of times the reason why we get distracted is because we don't have a culture that reinforces it. That's, right. that's the issue. When you have a culture, I'm not talking about rap culture, I'm not talking about, oh, you know, no, we, we, they, they have a culture that, that, that engulfs finances, mm -hmm. in they control their own food. We are so accustomed to just, oh, teach my child. And then we expect them to teach our child in a manner that's going to benefit our community. That's not it. We need to get to the point where if we want to keep a sustainable ideal, we need to start taking ownership in institutions like, like even if even if you do turn to the schools, because it's like um, the Jews and Chinese and they but they also have after-school programs that's controlled by who? Chinese or Jews that reinforce their what? Their culture and values. So even we just start with that. No, we're not trying to make money off of this. We're trying to instill a different type of culture. So we volunteers and this and that. Boom. They create their own museums. They don't have to be big. The, the point is, like you said, we're just trying to put little seeds out there so they can see, oh, oh, wait a minute. As, as we don't have the stuff in place to, to reinforce the idea in an organic and sustainable way. Because you're right, true. we do. Together, fight like Bitcoin. We peak, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we, we get pumped. We get pumped, and all of a sudden, we start to settle down, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah, we don't have yeah. a and that's what it is. And that's what I have seen is that their culture reinforces these ideas, and right. we need to start doing it. Like, like me, like me, not making money. A lot of money right now is okay because I know a long-term vision is is to start creating like small institutions where they be like, oh, that's a, a black 
go to a museum. You know, it won't be big, but they can go in there and they can see. Oh, oh. Right. you know, because that's what they do. If you look at it, go just go travel little Chinatowns, go travel little little Italy's. It may not be big, but the impact it has is huge. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and we need to get out that mindset thinking that we need to have, we need to start big because we don't. We just need to start. <laughs> just need to start. I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree with you on that. On that note, we, we you know we, it's gonna get time for us to wrap up. So tell people again your business and what you do. We want to make sure that they know and they go follow you and um, tell them your website, which is Sangtong Mugs, which I can see it up here. But tell them again, what do you, what, what it is you do and where you are so they can make sure they can follow your story and your journey, that's for sure. Come on, Jason, read it. All right, Come on. All right. my name is Jason, and I'm over here in South Korea, and I own Sangtong Mugs, where I make custom mugs, T-shirts, pictures, shot glasses, and all kind of stuff. And you can follow me. You can follow the, my business at SontaMugs.com. But I also have a podcast, too, if you want me to shout that out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Through. And I have a, I have a, if you want to follow my personal stuff, I have a podcast. It's called the JCB Holmes Podcast. And I'll put that link in here, too, um, for you guys. But, yeah, that's – yeah, and um, that's that's me. That's I hope I hope, hope what I said was very um helpful. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we, we want experiences from entrepreneurs from all over, you know, and in every industry as well, because th this helps, you know, this helps somebody listening to this was able to hear, okay, you know what, if I want to start a, a business in another country, you know, some of the things that I may encounter, I'm going to I'm going to pin that one as well. So people can see that one as well, so they can follow you. So what, what they're going to encounter and what, you know, how they can, you know, get through some of the hurdles and some of the pros and the cons of doing it. So this is important. This is important for, for all of us as a community. And as we grow, as we grow, as, as we continue to expand, as we continue to build on this whole economic movement, because we're not stopping, we're not ending, we're not, we're not going anywhere, you know? We are going to continue to, to grow, pivot, and scale, you know, buying black and, you know, economics. You know, we're going to continue to do that. And as business owners, we're gonna build businesses that can last 100 years from now, right, Jason? Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. And I have, I have one more thing before we go. <laughs> okay, sure, go ahead. When you build, when you, if you're looking to build a business overseas, look, look to not just build a business, but look to build a foundation. Look to be a leader and an example in the area in your community that you're building this business at, um, and that's gonna help pull us into a hundred years because we're not just trying to build a business. We're trying to build um, little black economic overseas bases, essentially, you know, right, right. And then all that together to help um, fuel a global black economy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's called nation building, yep. right? It's nation building. <laughs> That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing here, guys. We're nation building. We're connecting with entrepreneurs from all over the world, and we're talking about everything that has to do with entrepreneurship and 